0: This is Catholics Read on cradio.org.au
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke.
0: And I'm Kiara, And I'm Victoria.
1: And in this episode we are going to be looking at um, something that's Somewhat related to, uh, to this time period uh, that, that we'll be putting this episode out. It's probably, I think, a week ago now. Um, but, I mean, it's around about this time, uh, is the Epiphany, um, which is the, uh, the visitation of the, uh, the wise men uh, the, of, from the east to... The Magi. Uh, the Magi yes. uh, to, to Christ. Um, so we're going to be looking at a story called... A very, 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 very short story. Called The Gift of the Magi. Um, and it's a, uh, it's it's I don't know, it's it's I get the impression it's a bit of an American classic. It's American, right? I, I have know. no idea. I'm sure I've, it's never, I've I got, never I got I got a very American it. feel to it. Um, oh, O. Henry. And I think they refer to things in dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, I, I believe it's American. And it strikes me as being quite a good uh it's a bit of a classic. I got to read this actually um, in my marriage and sexuality class last year. Um, so it's got it's quite it's quite an interesting text on on marriage and the meaning of marriage. But well, we might talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, who's going to talk about what it's about? Actually, you know what? You guys, it's really that short. That you can probably go away and read it right now. Um, I'm kind of just presuming that you're able to do this, like that you haven't got this on a CD or something and that you don't have have any internet access. I don't know, but I'm just going to presume that you you, you too, um, and so you can go away and le- read it. It's called The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. What's his first name? I
0: don't know. Maybe it's Oscar or Oscar Oswald.
1: I don't Oswald. know. Oswald. Who knows? Anyway. Henry is his surname. Go Google it. You'll be able to find it pretty easy. It's out of copyrights. It's all good. Okay, so we're back, and you have been uh, reading The Gift of the Magi. At least we think you have. Um, If you haven't... um, Don't worry. very, very, very short version of it is that it's just about a husband and a wife um, who are finding it difficult... Poor
2: as church mice. Mm. Very
1: difficult to make ends meet. Um, And so the... um, Correct me if I'm wrong on this, by the way, because my memory of this is from last year. I didn't read it. Despite the fact that I told you it's all very, it's very, very easy to read and very quick. But anyway, I'm working on memory here. Um, They're very, very poor and they want to buy each other gifts for Christmas. Um, And so the wife, uh, wanting to be able to to purchase a gift for her husband, has to... um, Cut off her hair. And sell it. And sell it in order to, to get it. Uh, even though she's been looking at these, um, at these, were they hair clips or something like combs. that? Hair combs. Hair combs, which she loves. Like, she she loves them or something. Is that right? Yeah. She's been looking at them. She's been
0: admiring them. I she's think you, ad- you get the uh, impression that they were quite valuable. Maybe they were made of... I'm Whale right. bone or something? <laughs> something.
2: They were, they were, they were Maybe not. Ha- hair combs that she—they were ornate yeah, yeah, that she was dreaming about, but and knew she would never them. have.
1: And so, but she just didn't have. They just didn't have the money, and she wanted to buy her husband uh, a gift for Christmas. And so she cuts off her hair um, and sells it so that she can have the money to buy. What does she buy him? In she him?
2: buys him a chain for his watch, for I, his gold yeah. watch. Ah, oh, that's yes. His prized, his prized gold watch. That was his father's and his father's
1: father's. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the only
0: two things that these, you know. these these two, this bad couple, bad valued were his, her beautiful hair and his gold watch. That's it.
1: Yes, yes. And so little does she know that he goes, does he sell the watch? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm finding out about this as we listen. <laughs> I forgot about it. He sells his watch to
0: get, her the cones. to get her
1: the cones. And so they come and, and give each other the gifts. And she sells her hair to get him a chain the for the watch. Exactly. So they both sold the thing that makes the present complete, yeah. I guess you could say, in order to buy each other. It's, it's
0: beautiful. Because An appendage it's, to the, um, yeah. the primary gift. So,
1: but, but they sell these things out of love for each other. They want to be able to give something. They want to give up it's the worthy. thing that they value so much. So that – sorry, you can – Well, we can read
0: the way. last paragraph because yeah, it's, it. it's a good way to finish it. It's just basically this the, – uh, the narrator, whom I'll talk about later because I really like them, um, says, The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the newborn Christ child. They were the first to give Christmas gifts. Being wise, their gifts were doubtless wise ones. And here I have told you the story of two children who were not wise – each sold the most valuable thing he owned in order to buy a gift for the other. But let me speak a last word to the wise of these days. Of all who give gifts, these two were the most wise. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they, are the most wise. Everywhere are the wise ones. They are the Magi. And so it's basically talking about how, yes, the, this couple, it, the, the irony is very much. <laughs> The, ir- the irony is it's adorable. The irony is there. However, the act, the the intention behind the act, um, was so pure, and that is why the narrator counts them as among the wise. Though yes. though they're there.
2: they were total gifts. Because, you can kind yes, of imagine.
1: Like, you can kind of imagine this being a Flannery O'Connor story, except without that last paragraph and without the happy ending. Without like, like, like it just sort of being there, sitting there on its own, and being like, "Oh, this is terrible." You know, they sold the best things that they had, and they haven't. But sneakily, underneath the surface, is that well, actually, but that's just Flannery O'Connor. I think giving, I think you're right. Flannery away. O'Connor would have loved that. It's kind that. of yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah.
2: It's it's, 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 a, it's a really really lovely expression of what married love is supposed to be, which exactly. is a total That's gif- why we read it in that class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well because it's supposed to be a total gift of yourself hmm. at the end, to each other and you know freely totally and completely um without asking questions. And the thing is that while the the story says that there are two things
0: that the couple um valued most saying that they both valued it, in essence it was her hair and it was his father's watch. So while you know, he might, might have admired her, her, she might have thought the watch was nice, in the end, it was the thing they valued most, their most
2: prized possession, their most
0: prized possession, and very personal. And they thought like, they, they didn't even think about it. They, of course I'm going to get rid of that because it means the good of the other. Willing the good of the other is love. It's the,
1: at, at, the, at the end of the day, what they, valu- what they valued in each other. Was, was was it wasn't it wasn't that uh, they valued her hair or as you said, or his watch. They valued the person who, who has the hair or the person who owns the watch. And because they they loved those or liked those things so much, that's why they wanted to get that for them. Mm. And so it's not so much about the material, whatever, it could have been anything. It was about the fact that they're willing to sacrifice themselves and their own interests for the other person. Um we could just finish the episode there. Done. No. <laughs> nah, there's we so won't. much more to talk about. We won't. It's, um, it's a lovely it's story. Thank you for choosing it. it. I was No, I'd actually you know, to to be perfectly honest, I remember being really cynical about Aww. this story. And Aww. I don't remember why. Like Is it because
0: how- is it because hair uh, hey, will grow back but the watch is gone forever no 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 it wasn't that
1: i made i made this kind of like i remember in class i was kind of I, maybe i was just trying to be smart or <laughs> like that. i don't know in class and i was just like i just remember saying i think i said something along the lines of well you know if you kind of look at it like from just some kind of materialist perspective it's just like oh well that's nice and and all that kind of thing but at the end of the day they both ended up being in a useless situation like now they have have hair clips for no hair or very little hair and a watch band for no watch. Maybe I said th- something like that. I can't quite remember what it was. And because I hadn't, I chose the story without rereading it. I just kind of went out there on a whim. So I'm glad. I think it was possibly or probably um, grace that that allowed me to do that because <laughs> I didn't, I don't remember actually liking this very much, okay, but it's, so a, it's from a, a materialist
0: story. point of view or a utilitarian point of view. It's a sad ending. However, I think there is something. I
1: think maybe I've read Mm. Flannery O'Connor since Maybe (laughs) that's what it is, is that I've now, like... You've clued in. I've clued into like, the... There's more to it than it seems. You're not the first cynical person in the world, and they're much smarter cynical people than (laughs) you. Flannery O'Connor
0: was one of them. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. But there is something I liked about this story, and it's very small, but led me to meditate on that a bit, is that I think those two would have been extraordinarily happy uh, just as this is closing, because I feel like they they're just standing there, or they go sit on the couch, or something like that. With dinner. their with their two useless objects, that I wouldn't be surprised if either one those objects then became uh, indescribably prized objects um, in them in and of themselves, or they just chucked them out because there is, and we we can all really um, I'm sure we can all attest to this at some point or another. When and God plays little funny. Not tricks. He, he teaches us lessons um, when we become too attached to something, and we're all attached to things, and it's not usually money or anything like that. So for instance, for me, like it might be uh, a historic family photo. I think I would be pretty devastated and very angry if those got taken away from me. However, there is um, there would be a freeing aspect in finally, if those if those for some reason were destroyed, because it means that you've you're able to let go. And God is showing you that you can live without these things. I have a friend, um, shout out to Louisa, Uh, (laughs) who has this philosophy about her clothes. And um, if anyone mentions something about, you know, you look nice today. Oh, that's a lovely shirt. That's a lovely skirt. Directly after that, she'll say, do you want it? Would you like to borrow it? Or something like that. It's it's total detachment. Total detachment. And um, I've told this story to a few friends and they've all kind of really... Really had to think about it, and I've tried to take it on in my own very small, um, <laughs> terrible way. I hate getting rid of clothes that I love, um, or giving them away, even for a little but what bit. What if
1: everyone did that? But what <laughs> if
0: everyone was like that yeah. with everything, and realised that everything we have is not ours but a gift from God? That's why I love those people who, yeah. and those people who have like a very secure job, have a lot of money, and and they realise that it's it's through some grace that they've been put in that situation, and that. To those uh, who have been given much, much will be expected, mm. and they are just so generous with their their money or their time or their possessions or their talents. It's just it's just wonderful. We've kind of gone on a bit of a spiel, but I think we've covered some nice things. No,
1: it's good. It's good because I mean, firstly, we're only ten minutes in. And wow. Secondly, there you go. Um, Because I don't know. I didn't really think of a second. Um, well, it's a good point. Mm. They're good. The, uh, yeah. the we'll try right. to make
0: good points for you, dear listeners. Yes. I know we make some, we say some absolute tripe sometimes, but thanks for sticking in there.
2: <laughs> um,
1: 48, 48 episodes. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Um, notice we're actually counting episodes now. That's um, <laughs> no, because we're coming up to 50 and I looked at it recently. It's
0: exciting, though. We're
1: coming to 50 episodes, I know. Um, Two years. Two years, really? Wow. Once that a fortnight, was, yeah. Once a fortnight. Well,
0: I can this. remember getting off the plane from New Zealand, opening up Facebook at the airport and seeing the message from you, being Maybe like, it. I have this idea about a
1: show. I have this, I had this idea. <laughs> and Sarah probably like being like, Luke, like, I said to Sarah, hey, I've got this idea. She's like, just do it. She didn't <laughs> no, actually say what? that. <laughs> she would actually, actually say that. But, but yeah. Um, anyway, so I actually did. And... Yeah. We should save this for the 50th We yeah, we should we should. Yes. Remember that time? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Back to the <laughs> yeah. story. Back, getting to a the preview. story. Um, Back
2: to the story. Back to the story. I really like this little story because again, like we were talking last episode about how the you know, um you know, plug it's about a Christmas carol. You should go you should go listen in. Um <laughs> the we were talking about how um you know, the re the, like, you know, the reason for the season and that sort of thing and, you know, you know, the gift giving and generosity and all that sort of stuff. And um, this, this little story just really reminded me of what generosity actually looks like. And, you know, in the beginning you think it's going to be like a story like the widow with the two copper coins because she's only got – she's scrimped and saved all year and she's got a dollar – and 87 cents like she shaved pennies off the groceries every you know the groceries every week and she's got a dollar and 87 cents and you think it's going to be one of those stories where she has it's you know it's going to be one of those stories where you know you learn about the generosity but no it takes a totally different turn it takes a totally different turn she cuts all her hair off and sells it and then buys this extravagant gift. It is still a little yeah. bit like that actually
1: because But, she's, but the both, gift cost the gift cost
2: it. $21 and she still came home with 87 cents because it co- her t- she sold her hair for $20 uh, yeah. and she had the one extra dollar that she'd scrimped and saved all year. And you know it. like just it was it was just, yeah it, it took a really interesting turn for for me like okay, reading yeah. that bit and you know I'm not quite sure
1: it is a bit of a twist. It it's bit a, bit a, bit a, a little
2: bit of a plot twist a in a very twist. short yeah. story. Yeah. Um, in a very short, which is very difficult to do in a very short amount of time. Um, and yeah, it's just it, it. I really, really, really enjoyed the expression of what generosity really looks like. Not just between sort of, you know, just in relationships in general, but also particularly in the married relationship. It's just don't ask questions, just give. Mm. You know, it's not. You know, marriage isn't a 50-50 50 type arrangement you know that's not how you know happy marriages are not being counting oh i've given this much you need to give equal amounts it's yeah. you just give everything
0: jason everett says something about that he says um marriage is not give and take it's all give yeah and, uh, when he says that he's sort of got like crazy eyes yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true yeah it is true and you know it's um you know and even though they are both so poor and so they have so little. They still have a really,
1: really, really special
2: time. They're both mm. able to laugh about it in a way. It's great.
1: You can imagine kind of like that. this sort of grandparents story happening there that like years down the track <laughs> they still laugh about that. And event. they tell the grandkids,
2: now these combs,
1: yeah. these
2: combs, I can tell you about all, you know, they've got why a wonderful we, story. Why do you just have a chain? Where's <laughs> your watch? Why do you just have a chain for your watch? i no watch.
1: Yeah, it's... um. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's Um, a really
0: lovely, it's
2: a really sweet story. And well-written
0: and kind of quirky. Actually, yeah, you wanted to talk about the narration. I just wanted to talk about the narration because, um, I mean, it doesn't come up too often, um, but this type of narration is what we would call, it is third person, third person, I would say omniscient, omnipresent. Okay. In... Yeah, actually, I think that's correct. Because there are these little, like, uh, phrases that pop every once in a while, and I, I found that really enjoyable um, because it was almost as if uh, we had, like, sort of like a David Attenborough-esque character, like, <laughs> guiding us through the story. So what it actually reminded me of, and this is a really obscure kind of, like, culture reference, but, um, okay, so we're, we're living in a time post um the artist coming out that that really famous movie uh, uh that, the silent actor the was jean du jardin yes. all
1: right now jean du jardin was not i mentioned the dog you mentioned <laughs> the actor i haven't seen it but <laughs> i just remember something
0: else. it's very famous anyway but so everyone now knows him as jean du jardin sort of like the french george clooney he's
2: been in a lot of very famous he's english films a, he's been a lot of french he's like a fixture in french films and yeah all but of great films. the great the thing is he, he was
0: kind of like the Karl Baron of French 90s. Yeah, he
2: and, and he was. And yeah, yeah. Like he was. Asteri- He's been in Asterix and Obelisk. He's been in okay. another movie, which was, like, the black and white James Bond ripoff. off uh, He French was in OSS uh,
0: oh, Sonderstep. That's the yeah. one,
2: yes, um, which is hilarious. Which you need is, to watch really, it. I, I own them. I'll lend them to you. It's pretty
1: lowbrow, I'm guessing. It's not like –
2: No, it's a bit cleverer than that. Oh, okay. it's, it's very clever, but the so fact more, is I'm that sorry,
0: before that. all of that – he was in this um all, in, all these funny little like uh comedy kind of shows about these um uh, the, this five this uh, like trip of five guys and all these funny little skits they put on. There was this one called I think it was called Sagave or something like that. They're going around famous old houses, the wacky inhabitants of this house and there's this kind of it's Jean de Jardin in this like pink pastel suit with this stupid blonde wig on like going around you know talking about everyone in the house and just like absolutely ignoring the weird stuff that's going on yeah and, and just, it's
2: funny because of and that. it's
0: funny and he's making these comments and he's showing you around and this is what i
2: had in my head probably yeah. the wrong and thing this to is, have. You know, and this is the this is the monet um, on the house and you know so it mean, meanwhile someone's got there this silly accent
0: pink. as well yeah. and it's just it's well worth a look. It's very funny, but anyway, I had this guy kind of in my head. Oh no! Um, I was managed. To, I managed to detach it after a while, but he just kind of kept popping up with these comments, and I'll read you the first. Uh... Wow, that was so bogan. I will read you the first few paragraphs. I just, I, I'll is. read you the first.
2: <laughs> Do you um, say, I say you these
1: use, which my science teacher... I'll read you used, the, f- uses the say, first. the <laughs> first. Use <our shit.
0: laughs> um. Anyway, so listen to this, please. So $1.87, that was all. She had put it aside one cent and then another and then another in her careful buying of meat and other food. Della counted it three times, One dollar and eighty-seven cents. And the next day would be Christmas. There was nothing to do but fall on the bed and cry. So Della did. While the lady of the house is slowly growing quieter, we can look at her home. And then, like, I know <laughs> let me just show you about the house. <laughs> sort of like a seedy real estate agent. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then, like, later on, there's a slight, there's a slightly nicer... Ni- intrusion. Le- intrusion. Um, And it's really sweet because Della's cut off all her hair. And I just need to say that I really kind of... I don't know, I empathised with her because she's, she's meant to have really, really long wavy brown hair, and I have really long wavy brown hair, and I would have trouble cutting it off. Hers goes to her niece, though. She's sort of like a Lady of Shalott sort of character. Anyway. And um, so she's really, really, really sad about the fact that her husband might not think she's pretty anymore because she's got oh, this, like, boy cut. Yeah. And, um, like, he doesn't give two tosses about that. He's just sad that she can't comb her hair. <laughs> 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 she can't <laughs> use the nice clothes he bought her. Um, anyway, so she said, um, so he's got this really strange face and when he opens the door and she says, um, uh, I'll start from here because it's, it's quite nice. Jim, dear, she cried. Don't look at me like that. I had my hair cut off and I sold it. I couldn't live through Christmas without giving you um, a gift. My hair will grow again. You won't care, will you? My hair grows very fast. It's Christmas, Jim. Let's be happy. Don't you know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I got for you? You've cut your hair, asked Jim slowly. He seemed to labour to understand what had happened. He seemed not to feel sure he knew. "'Cut it off and sold it,' said Della. "'Don't you like me now? I'm me, Gina. Jim. I'm the same without my hair.' Jim looked around the room. "'You say your hair is gone?' he said. "'You don't have to look for it,' said Della. "'It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. "'It's the night before Christmas, boy. Be good to me, because I sold it for you. "'Maybe the hairs of of my head could be counted,' she said. "'But no one could ever count my love for you. Shall we eat dinner, Jim?' Jim put his arms around um, his Della. For ten seconds, let us look in another direction. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just so. So After that, that heartwarming little like scene
2: just got this it's
0: in. Um. Can I draw your attention to like propriety? it's just sweet. It means that, and and it's and once once that pops in there, you realise that you are not intruding, but being let in through the literary. Um, modes available into a very intimate private that is the beauty of literature as we know it I think we take for granted the fact that um, we have insight into these traditionally scenes in people's lives that people don't see and I think that's a a marvellous thing it also as a super super side note I think is the reason deep down people get quite uncomfortable when those really inappropriate scenes come on in films because you're seeing something that traditionally and naturally, you don't usually see of other people. No, it's yeah. just
2: it's an interesting little thing. And to but not only about. that, it's fundamentally different from you know you you literally are a voyeur in a film because it is always told from the perspective you know there's always the third person there from which yeah, you are viewing film. it from. And so film, vi- theory film is fascinating in film, itself. Yeah, into f- it. so film in particular, more so than literature, because with literature you can look through someone else's eyes. Whereas with film you can't true. do that,
1: you, there, um, it is all, it
2: is almost impossible to do that. Reading... Some films have done that. Some films have
1: done that. It, it's, it, but... can, it can be done, but that was one of the big criticisms of. It was someone I read in aesthetics last semester. They mm. were very much complaining or my last my last semester earlier this year. It was someone complaining about film and how they really didn't like didn't like film because it. Um, not necessarily for those reasons, but for similar kind of reasons, but the actor is completely detached from the audience. Stage, you at least had that that ability to break the fourth wall. Yes. Um, Whereas film, you don't. And I think that kind of plays into it there, where you you and the actors are so distant. You are completely distant. I mean, these days, it's like... It's not even that you have to go to a theater. Like you could be, you know, sitting. Yeah, you don't even have to be be amongst the community. You could be watching watching YouTube or something like that, and you are interacting in a very fake way with um with whoever's you know creating like Mm. their little YouTube miniseries or or what have you. Um, and that he found that really troubling because he's like the the actor. Like he was kind of looking at the absurdity. Of we don't really think about this very much, but the absurdity of like actors playing out a scene in front of what a camera, mm. like that is so like he was just talking about the absurdity of this that like you're basically playing out the reason why I was sort of using it for an assessment on more of his um, I've forgotten what it was more of his theory about um, reproductive digital well, not digital at the time um, reproduction so reproductive art yeah. Um, but yeah, he was talking about this, and I think that kind of plays into it as well. You kind but of look see, at the But scene, see, this guy
2: sounds like it's he's
1: completely fake. At least with with um, uh, with with stage production, there's a sense of okay, they're, they're acting, but I'm interacting with the, with them in a way that's a lot less. Absurd.
2: See, I'd say this guy's never been on a film because actors this on was film very
1: early days of film. Very early very days of very film. Very so this guy's never film.
2: been on a film set because the reality is is that actors who are on film they do have an audience. They are the director, they are the cameraman, they are the yeah, I think I think and they are, I and the sort directors of... are very much involved and the relationship between the directors and the and the actors. I probably I have, really I don't kitty. think
1: I don't think I've represented him very well. I think he no, did make a really, really good point. It's an interesting, about it is a, it is a really fascinating. it point, seems very quaint. Yeah. Now, like going back and forth. No, it, but it's, it's true.
0: It's good to acknowledge, but it's also
2: like I, I agree with him in certain aspects. I think that um, the audience viewing it in the cinema is definitely very remote. Mm. Um,
0: but then again, we've got, for instance, plays such as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which involves a lot of uh, kind of winking to the audience, and that actually transferred onto film, and I know this is a very controversial kind of opinion to have, but I reckon that transfers rather well, not as it would on, in the play in its natural form. But the thing is that film makes make so many things possible that have never been possible before. Um, CGI. Uh, and oh, don't don't, so don't take me as someone who is absolutely championing CGI. I still think that they – it has ruined The Hobbit forever. However, it
2: can make things that that we will never Eleanor see. That was Toro, ruined well, The it, will, it,
0: it, it can bring about things we have never seen before. Or, for instance, even something set in, you know, the mountains of Russia. I will never see that firsthand, potentially. And yet on film, I can. So – I can understand this man. <laughs> I can understand this <laughs> too metaphysical now. and they are very they are very valid concerns and I think they ha- they raise a lot about the audience and uh, active participation. however, film in itself has so much so much potential and possibilities.
1: but it, it is inter- it is interesting talking about film and then talking about this that it's when you were when you were new. referring to this, I kind of had in my head like as you were as you were describing it, what I was getting in my head was this kind of like, um, around the era of like the jet, like the original Jetsons series. Mm. Like, I don't know when this was written, but like around the era of the original Jetsons series, it must be fairly old because it's out of copyright. Um, so it's long before the Jetsons.
0: It's definitely not um modern because I would love to have a place that I could rent for eight dollars a week.
1: Okay, please. <laughs> but like that kind of maybe like again early days of cinema, mm. I'd say. But those kind of like Meet Jimmy, Jimmy's... Uh, Jimmy's a small boy going to baseball and, Yeah, <laughs> yes. he's uh, you have the
2: narrator like, you know, have telling... that kind
1: of narrator and like Jimmy, yeah, like you know that kind of mm. I, I have no idea if I've conveyed that like, <laughs> I know like, what it's you like mean. the Troy McClure films in the yes. second, second <laughs> Simpsons reference in two episodes um, Troy McClure things where he's yes. like, yeah like those sort of that, except a lot more um, keeping with the times. The thing I have in my head is very 1950s though, and this is before that, so mm. maybe not But, um. The point is, it's a very
0: interesting narrative technique. Makes you ponder the, uh, the worlds within worlds and the perspectives within perspectives of literature and the different layers of perception and involvement. And, um, I would love to see more, um, I suppose these sort of modes being brought about. It It becomes quite. It
1: takes a good, I think it would take a good writer to do it because I don't feel like I would be able to. I mean, I don't fiction Mm -hmm. but i don't feel like i could write it because i would just feel like i'm inserting myself into this again it's that the the narration Mm -hmm. problem that you've brought up before um of like the narrator's not necessarily the author but this this issue where i would feel like i'm trying to write my own personality into it and i'd feel like that's not particularly humble or something like that I it's it's very rarely you know know you're doing doing it anyway
2: right You know, there's no story oh, yeah, that there's does no, not there's no have getting, the-
1: I know, there's no getting around it, but this is, like, a very... Um, yeah, I would feel like I'm... Like, when you're writing... A, again, I don't write stories, but, like, I'm, I'm imagining that when you're writing a story and you, like, crack jokes and things like that, there's a certain level of distance that you can have from that, that you're mm. getting the story to crack the jokes. Whereas here, the narrator, it's it's sort of... It's it's hard to describe. Like, I would feel like I'm... It's a lot harder to not be the narrator. Um, in this, but that's probably a very long discussion that we don't have time for. No. Um, but yes, thank you, Victoria. That was um, that was
2: really interesting. That
1: was cool. Okay, cool. so we'll wrap it up there. Um, so that was yes, uh, the gift of the Magi. Um, definitely go and go and read it. It's a very, like I said, very beautiful story. Very heartwarming. It's nice and light, um, and yet has some very deep meaning uh, about the nature of marriage and about love. Um, so we don't know what we're doing in the next episode in fact we could possibly be going on hiatus for a very brief amount of time Um, never fear
2: but um, or or we could just
1: be back I don't know Um, so yes um,
2: Merry Christmas Happy New Year
1: Happy New Year Uh, Happy Feast of the Epiphany wish you absolutely which would have been about a week ago Mm -hmm. Um, but yes uh, have a wonderful New Year 2016 oh man woo Wow. We made it. <laughs> we made it. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, is it really...
0: We are like, past the time the depicted 20%? in
2: Back to the Future. We're, we're past, past, we're past that. All right. We'll see you next time. We'll bye. see you next time before we get caught up in more Back to the Future references. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.
0: That was an episode of Catholic 3 from cradio.org.au.